Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Good morning. It seems like most of the times that we do a a podcast, I drink coffee, not just in the morning now, huh? (laughs) So I'd say, remember, it's the morning. I take coffee, coffee drink breaks. That's like all the time now, huh? I know. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, you guys. How many books do we have left of Erie Elementary? Three. Three. And then we're going to Judy Moody. two. Well, this one and two more. Okay. Erie Elementary. The hall monitors are fired. What? Chapter one. A merry morning. And I have a feeling it's going to be Christmas. Okay. I can't wait for tomorrow, Sam Graves told himself as he strolled through Erie Elementary school gate. Sam had a huge smile on his face. The sun was warm and the grass was green. Best of all, tomorrow's favorite day of the year, kickball showdown. Well, I guess it's not Christmas. Sam spotted his best friends, Antonio and Lucy. They were on the front steps of the school, helping them line up. Today, Today, they had a morning... They had morning hall monitor duty. Sam was Erie's elementary's head monitor, and Antonio and Lucy were assistant hall monitors. They did normal things like make sure the classmates behaved in the hallways, help students before the morning bell rang, but they also did top-secret things. Ring! The bell, Sam thought. I better hurry. Sam threw on his hall monitor sash and sped across the playground. Students funneled into into the school. Sam was about to call out to Antonio and Lucy, but smack! Oof! Sam exclaimed. He oof, Sam exclaimed. He crashed into the ground. Thankfully, a bed of wood chips cushioned his fall. That doesn't sound like a very cushioned fall. Even when I fall on grass, it's way softer. I know. I think they should have said that. Grass. Okay, whatever. Sam looked to see what made him trip. His shoelace was hooked on the merry-go-round. How did my shoelace get caught there? Sam wondered. Well, he he reached out to unhook his shoelace, but then yank. Yeah. I mean, it might be a little bit better than um, the cement. I mean, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Oh, yeah. Oh, Whoa. Like, oh, Whoa. Whatever. Mm-hmm. The school, whoever is controlling the school, I forgot his name. I know it's crazy. Orson Erie. Orson Erie is mm-hmm. made uh, Him trip. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Whoa, Sam shouted. He suddenly was dragged across the playground by a rusty merry-go-round. It was turning. All by itself, with every squeak, it jerked Sam roughly across the dry wood chips. I bet those wood chips don't feel nice and cushiony anymore. <laughs> Sam's heart pounded. He hadn't tripped on the merry-go-round. It, the merry-go-round had grabbed his shoelace. This was the work of Orson Erie. Sam was one of the few people who knew the truth about Erie Elementary. The school was alive. Nearly 100 years ago, a mad scientist named Orson Erie found a way to live forever. He became the school. Orson Erie was the school. And the school was Orson Erie. Erie Elementary was a living, breathing thing that fed off of students and children. All, and all hall monitors 
in in hall monitor sam graves was for the protector of its students and teachers glancing up sam saw his third grade teacher mrs grinker in the school doorway maybe i can get her attention sam thought he tried to call her name but he was spitting too fast he couldn't get the words out he scraped and tore at the wood chips but it was useless the merry-go-round was not slowing down really she's that she's nosy nelly and she misses that uh-uh. No way. No way, man. Miss Grinker stepped inside. The door shut. Now I'm out of here, Sam thought. Oh, now I'm alone out here, Sam thought. Alone with the monstrous merry-go-round. Squeak, screech, squeal. Have you ever been on a merry-go-round? Like an old one? Yeah. The rickety... No. The rickety, rusty merry-go-round spun like a top. Sam clawed at the wood chips, but the speed caused him to be lifted off the ground. His arms waved about wildly. He felt the wind in his hair as he spun faster and faster. Oh no, Sam gasped. Any moment, the merry-go-round would release him and he would go flying. Jeez. Chapter 2. Running Late Sam's heart slammed into his chest. The merry-go-round spun and spun and spun. The speed plus the force made Sam's sneaker squeeze his foot tighter and tighter. He shouted, someone help, but the playground was empty. Sam's mind raced. I'm going to be thrown from this thing. I can't stop it. With them, clank, clank, the rusty merry-go-round shuddered and slowed. Sam crushed into the wood chips. His shoelace was released and he was staggered to his feet. He had never been dizzier. The school couldn't. The school could have hurled me, Sam thought, but it didn't. The school's never let me go without a fight before. Sam was confused, but he was also late. He raced towards the school and he bounded up the steps and hurried inside. Sam Graves, Mrs. Grinker barked as he entered the classroom. You're late. Our head hall monitor should never be tardy. Sam felt his face grow red. Everyone was staring. A few students chuckled. I'm sorry, Sam said quickly. He made his way to his desk. Next, Antonio and Lucy. Next to Antonio and Lucy. Hey, buddy, you're never late, Antonio whispered. Lucy added, what happened? Sam was about to explain, but Miss Grinker shot him a look. Students, a reminder, said Mrs. Grinker. Tomorrow is the annual kickball showdown. As always, the game will have five innings. Two teams will take turns kicking the field. The teams that scores the most runs wins. The class began buzzing. Everyone loved kickball showdown. I thought Sam didn't like anything but hockey because he couldn't do any sports. Yeah. So now all of a sudden he's good at kickball showdown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plot twist. Plot hole. The class began. like basketball now. Wait, you know what? If the last two books are about sports, I'm going to say, I think this writer had a lapse in judgment on the last three books. Mrs. Grinker continued, Our class will compete against Mrs. Armstrong's third grade class. The entire school will watch from the bleachers. <sighs> I'm pumped, Antonio whispered to Sam. I've been practicing my dive face first si- slide. I'm going to steal base. I'm going to steal a base. I believe it. I'll believe it when I see it, Lucy oh, said. it's a game. Yeah, it's a, it's a sport. It's a kickball. Oh, she's, but they said, I'm going to steal a base. Yeah, steal a base like you run and you... You run to the base, and if you touch it, it's yours. Oh, I didn't. Okay. And you're not allowed to steal bases when you're in, like, peewee, peewee baseball. I don't play that. Yeah, yeah. You wouldn't, oh. Yeah, we're not sports people, guys. 
You might just jump, trip, and splat. No way, Antonio said. It'll be the perfect slide in front of the whole school. Sam's heart pounded. The whole school, see, he thought. Kickball showdown means the whole school will be in one place. That morning, for the first time ever, Erie Elementary had simply let Sam go, and tomorrow the whole school would be gathered in one place for the big game. Sam was certain both things were part of one big Orson Erie evil plan. Sam gulped. He no longer felt excited for the kickball showdown. Now he felt afraid. The hall monitors were by the jungle gyms when Mr. Nakobe walked over. Sorry, coffee break. Mr. Nakobe was the old man who took care of Erie Elementary. It was Mr. Nakobe who had chosen Sam to be the school's hall monitor. He had shown Sam the horrible truth about the monstrous school. Mr. Nakobe said, I have to trim some trees in the front of the school. Would you three mind getting me, getting the feel ready for kickball showdown? Sure, Lucy, sure. Lucy and I can set up the bleachers, Antonio said. I'll clean off the bases and inflate the kickballs, said Sam. He grabbed a broom and followed his friends to the field. Sam was sweeping home plate when he felt a twisting, tangling inside his gut. As hall monitor, Sam could sense things that other students couldn't. He could feel when something was wrong. Right now, Sam had that feeling. Do you think it's true? No. No. Of course not. No, I mean the gut thing. No. I mean, in the book, yeah, I think it's true. But do I think that would really happen in real life? No, no. No, I don't think it's true. I think it means his stomach just got nervous. Um, In the book, yes. I do think it's true in the book. He looked up. The metal backstop loomed over him. Creep. Eek. The wind whipped across the field and the backstop shook. Backstop, I think, is the back of a baseball field. Because honestly, I don't know that term. And they said it twice. (laughs) Sunlight danced and shine on the metal fence. Sam couldn't pull his eyes away from it. He felt like it was falling into he was falling into a trance. He saw a face. It was a face of an ult, his ultimate enemy, Orson Eerie, and the face was staring at Sam. Ring! The sound snapped Sam out of his trance. That's the bell, said Sam. Lucy, or that's the bell, Sam. Lucy yelled. We need to head inside. But I still need to inflate the kickballs, Sam called back. We'll help, Antonio shouted. He and Lucy hurried over. Sam grabbed an air pump and inflated the kickballs. Lucy and Antonio helped. They were finishing when... Ring! The second bell, Sam exclaimed. Now we're really late. Sam placed the pump near the bleachers and he and his friends raced inside. But as soon as they skidded to a stop, Mrs. Grinker was waiting for them in the classroom doorway. The classmates were already seated. I'm fed up with you three, said Mrs. Grinker. Sam, you've been late twice today. Lucy, Antonio, your behavior is unacceptable. But, Sam began, she interrupted him. As punishment, as punishment you will stay after school today. You will, grape gu- you will scrape gum from beneath the classroom desk. Sam's classmates said, ooh. Sam, Mrs. Grinker no, stared ooh. at Sam, Antonio, and Lucy. You'd better shape up or you won't be hall monitors much longer. Chapter 4, Spooky Scrubbing. Do their parents ever just wonder where they are? Because they, like, oftentimes don't go home after school. And they go over to, like, strangers, strange men's house in their creepy house. And, like, their parents don't say, where are you? Is that weird, too? They're in third grade. 
Third grade parents pick them up in the loop. <laughs> School was over and the messy job of scraping gum had begun. Mrs. Grinker was at her desk grading papers. She looked up every few moments, keeping an eye on the three students. Sam was on his back staring up at the desk. Dozens of desk bottoms. Gross, he muttered. Antonio and Lucy were underneath desks too. Who chewed all this gum, Antonio whispered. Not me, Lucy replied. They each used a wooden ruler to chip away the bright neon-colored gum. Flaky bits of dried gum sprinkled down onto their faces. Mrs. Oh, Mrs. Grinker stood. I'm heading to the teacher's lounge. When I return, every desk had better be gum-free. <laughs> okay. Now all of a sudden they can magically go fast. Mrs. Grinker shut the door. Instantly, Sam's gut felt tight. It was the same feeling he had earlier. Clatter, clatter, clatter. Sam, your desk, Lucy said. The desk above Sam was shaking. The metal feet rattled. It was practically jumping. And then, clank, zoom, the desk leapt into the air and Sam rolled out of the way. Okay, that's not a lot of gum. Well, actually, that is a lot of gum for one desk. Do you have gum under your desk at school? No. The desk crashed onto the floor. Lucy and, and Antonio scrambled out of the out from beneath their desks. Stay calm, Antonio said. Easy for you to say, Sam replied. It was my desk that did a backflip. Wait, what's that? asked Lucy. The friends inched towards the overturned desk. A purple blob of gum was bubbling on the bottom of the desk. It seemed to be growing bigger and bigger. Then... Whoosh! A lump of wet gum whipped past Sam's face. He whirled around. Chunks of gum were flying across the room. It was like an invisible hand was throwing them. Hundreds of globs of gum started joining in together. A massive, monstrous ball of gum was forming. What is happening, Lucy said. Whatever it is, I don't, I don't want to be here before. I don't want to be here for it, Antonio said. Follow me, Sam's Follow me. Sam sped to the door, but suddenly gum, a gummy tentacle, cracked like a whip. Slap. It slapped against Sam's wrist and encircled his arms. The sticky tentacle hurled Sam into the bookshelf. Sam, Lucy cried out. More neon-colored tentacles leapt from the giant ball and snaked towards Sam. They yanked him off his feet. The gum has got me, he cried. Sam kicked and fought, but he just became more stuck. Orange and pink gum surrounded him he was sinking into the great gummy beast ew that's all chewed gum the chapter five chewed out the monstrous wad of bubble gum was about to swallow sam whole he couldn't wrestle free from that sticky mess lucy's eyes bulged sam's being gobbled by a bubble of monstrous gum Wet strands of bubblegum slithered across Sam's face. The stink of sticky, wet sweetness filled his nostrils. Soon, only bits of Sam were visible. One, meeker, one sneaker jitted out from the huge, colorful ball. Two hands poked through the mess. We're supposed to be, we're, we're supposed to chew gum, Antonio said. Gum isn't supposed to chew us. They they We have to pull him out, cried Lucy. They dashed towards their friend. Antonio grabbed Antonio grabbed Sam's hand. Lucy took Sam's foot and they pulled and tugged. Sam tumbled out of the bubblegum monster. The three friends crashed into Mrs. Grinker's desk. Glue, woo, woo. Wet, monstrous, a wet, monstrous howl filled the room. It's not over yet, Sam yelled. Lucy's eyes went wide. It looks like a monster, a monster is turning into a giant bubble, 
bubblegum bubble. The swelling of the pink globe filled the classroom. Desks tumbled over. A bookshelf crashed to the floor. Sam could see the doorway through the bubble, but an escape was impossible. Get behind Mrs. Grinker's desk. <coughs> Sam called out, bless you. Thank you. The friends scrambled over to the desk, but the moment their feet hit the ground, the bubble pushed the desk and pinned them against the board. Mrs. Grinker's red pen started rolling away. Antonio and Lucy quickly reached for it and banged heads. Why were they wanting her red pen? To pop it. Oh. Oh. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Lucy asked? Yep, Antonio said. Pop that bubble. I thought they were like, no, not the red pen. It's going to roll. <laughs> I was like, what? Lucy, Lucy scooped up the pen and held that tiny sword, held it like a tiny sword. The bubble grew and grew and came closer. Then Lucy thrust the pen into the bubble. Lucy, oh, it burst. It was the biggest blast of bubblegum in history of bubblegum blasts. Sticky, oh, gooey, mm-hmm. sticky, gooey mess splattered everywhere. Yuck, Lucy exclaimed as she pulled the gum from her hair. Slam, the door flew open. Mrs. Grinker's eyes bulged as she stared at the strange mess. Gum dripped from the walls. Strings of pink-orange goo hung from the ceilings. Mrs. Grinker was furious. She wouldn't have been surprised if the steam... She, Sam wouldn't be surprised if steam started coming out of her ears. That, that's it, Mrs. Grinker roared. You are done being hall monitors. Handing it over, chapter six. Bubblegum is everywhere, Mrs. Grinker exclaimed in the principal... Principal Winnick's office. I don't know how three third graders created such a huge sticky mess. Exactly, because they didn't. That's right. Sam, Lucy, and and Antonio stood before their principal. Mrs. Grinker was arguing that they should be fired from their hall monitor jobs. Principal Winnick's mouth was tight, stern, with a tight, stern line. Mr. Nicobe was there, too. He had been listening silently, but now he stepped forward. Principal Winnick, Mr. Nicobe again. Sam is a very responsible hall monitor, and Lucy and Antony are the best assistant hall monitors this school has ever had. Mr. Grinker scowled. Lucy closed the door in my... Mrs. Grinker scowled. Lucy closed the door in my face. That wasn't my... Miss Lucy interrupted. Miss Grinker interrupted, and Antonio tripped me. I didn't, Antonio began to say. Mrs. Grinker slammed her hands down on the principal Winnick's desk. Being hall monitor is a very special privilege. Students who get detention, who are tardy, and who cause bubble gums to explode explode, cannot be hall monitors. Principal Winnick stood up. I agree. You three are fired. Sam, please turn in your sash. Sam swallowed. He could not believe what was happening. Sam's hand trembled as he pulled the bright orange sash from his backpack. Mr. Nicobe had given him that sash on his first day as hall monitor. It was a symbol of the hall monitor's power. The moment he handed it to the principal Winnick, Sam felt weak. He felt like the wind had been knocked from out underneath him. Sam remembered what Mr. Nicobe had told him. Months earlier, as hall monitor, you have the ability to sense the school, to sense and see what others cannot. Principal Winnick stuffed the sash into his desk drawer. One last thing he said, Sam, Lucy, Antonio, you will not be participating in tomorrow's kickball showdown. Instead, you three will be scrubbing your classroom until it sparkles. Sam and his friends slunk down into the hall. Mr. Nicobe followed them outside. Spring was just around the corner, and the air was warm. 
The school hadn't been left unprotected like this in years, said Mr. Nicoby. Unprotected? I don't understand, Lucy said. We're still here. We can still fight it. Mr. Nicoby's voice was heavy and said, yes, but you're no longer hall monitors. I'm afraid you simply won't be strong enough to fight Erie Elementary. Really? Just because they're hall monitor? I thought they were... Okay, first of all, where in the mother of God did that baseball diamond come from? That has never been there before. I know. Okay. Another plot hole. Sam and his friends dragged their feet as they walked. And the mother of cabbage face has that. Yeah. What? And the mother of plot hole? Wait, I mean cabbage farmer. That's what I meant. No, where in the mother of plot hole did that baseball diamond just come from? I can't believe we lost our jobs, Lucy said. How do we let this happen? We didn't let anything happen, Sam said. Orson Erie messed with us all day and made us look like terrible hall monitors. Antonio scowled. It's like the school was trying to get us fired. Well, it worked, said Lucy. We're fired just in time for the kickball showdown, they exclaimed at once. This was part of Orson's plan, Sam said. He was looking back at the old towering school. We know what Orson wants. He wants the same thing he always wants, to eat. The words hung. Sam words hung in the air. What he said was true and terrifying. In fact, it was so terrifying that Sam and his friends walked the rest of the way <gasps> home and in frightened silence. Chapter 7, Up, Up, and Away. Principal Winnick's voice bounced, voice boomed through the open classroom window. Teams, please take the field. It was the next morning and kickball showdown was beginning. Sam, Lucy, and Antonio were stuck inside, scrubbing gum. I feel like Cinderella, Antonio said as he scraped gum from the window. Yeah, but instead of missing some fancy ball, we're missing some kickball showdown, Lucy added. No talking, said Mrs. Grinker. She was at her desk, which was covered in gum. She stood and marched across the classroom. I'm going to straighten up the supply closet, but I'll be watching this door. If anyone leaves, you are in big trouble. Woot! A whistle pierced the air. A woo! A whistle pierced the air. Principal Winnick's whistle announced the start of the first inning. Wait, I can do the whistle. Okay. Oh, God, here we go, guys. Good job. I'm glad it wasn't very loud. I did. <laughs> Thank you. Sam, Lucy, and Antonio ran to the window. The teachers and students were seated on the bleachers. Everyone's out there, Antonio said, and there's no hall monitors to stop Orson from attacking, said Lucy. Guys, we need to find a way to protect everyone, said Sam. Antonio peeked out the window. He saw Mrs. Grinker at the supply closet. How can we sneak out while she's right there? Just then, splat, a glob of blue bubblegum dropped onto Sam's shoulder. He glanced up. A a string of gum dangled from the air vent in the ceiling. Sam smiled. Oh, if we don't walk out the door, Mrs. Grinker won't know that we're gone. A moment later, he was standing on a desk, and Antonio and Lucy were hoisting him up into the vent. Chapter 8, Terrifying Teeth. Yesterday, we were in a sticky situation, said Antonio. Now we're in a tight spot. Sam and Lucy and Antonio were crawling through the air vent. They had time. They had to wiggle and wiggle to move forward. Uh-oh, said Sam. The vent splits ahead. Which which one will take us to the closest to the front of the school, the right or the left? Let me look, Lucy called. I brought the blueprints of the school. Lucy peered through the crack of the vent. They saw that they were just above the art room. She squinted and read the blueprints, using them like a map. 
Principal Winnick's office is near the front of the store, so let's go here, she said as she put her finger on the blueprint. Take a right here, then a left at the gym, and then another left at the lunchroom. Sam crawled to the right. They heard Mr. Prin Principal Winnick's voice from the outside. Second inning starts now. Oh, no, Antonio said it started second inning. There are, there are only three innings left. Orson's going to attack soon. We need to hurry, said Lucy. She, Sam scrambled forward. The smells of the lunchroom drifted into the vent. That meant they were close. The, Sam wormed his way around the corner. He felt a cool breeze rushing up from an opening. He saw Principal Winnick's desk from below. We're here, said Sam. He tried to gently climb down, but instead, crunch. He had, he had plunged through the vent. He crash-landed on Principal Winnick's desk. Oof, Sam groaned. He blinked and saw Antonio and Lucy peering down at him. Nice landing, Lucy joked. Sam stood and helped Lucy and Antonio from the vent. Suddenly, Sam felt like there was something he had to do. He yanked Open Principal Winnick's desk drawer. I'm taking this back, he said, and grabbed the sash. Relief flooded him. Lucy and Antonio smiled. Now their friend now let's get the kickball field go to the kickball field and stop Erie, said Lucy. She ran out into the hallway and followed, but as Sam stepped through the office door, slam the wood cracked. The door was a like a chomping mouth with splintery fangs. Watch out, yelled Antonio. Snap the door's terrifying teeth bit the sash. Sam held the other end of the monstrous mouth. Oh, the snap. The door's terrifying teeth bit the sash. Sam held one end and the monstrous mouth had the other. Chapter 9. In a Jam. The chomping door held the sash in its splintery teeth. I can't get it free, Sam cried. Lucy and Antonio grabbed onto Sam and they pulled hard. But the door had slammed shut like a mouse trap. It wouldn't let go. Orson Erie really doesn't want you to have your sash back, Lucy cried. Sam glanced at his feet. They knew that without the sash, they wouldn't be strong enough to defeat the school. Sam dug his fingers into the fabric. Everyone pull, he shouted. They tugged with all their might. Minutes later, oops, where am I? A moment later, Sam, Lucy, and Antonio tumbled to the floor with a sat with a tattered, a tattered sash, but it was still in one piece. Sam leapt to his feet and he looked around at the walls and the ceiling and down the long hall. He th he thrust the sash into the air. Listen up, Ori Orson, oh, Orson Erie! He shouted, "You'll never get rid of us!" Come on, Lucy yelled, tugging Sam's sleeve. Orson could strike the game at any moment. Principal Winnick's voice rang out. The third inning starts now. Sam and his friends hurried around the corner. They ran towards the double doors at the end of the hall, but then Sam felt it. Ori ears. Oh my gosh, I keep saying it backwards. Orson Erie wasn't giving up without a fight. The floor rippled. The walls trembled. Am I crazy? Antonio asked. Is the hall getting smaller? Sam realized it was true. The hallway was narrowing. The walls were closing in around them. Orson was trying to use the hall to defeat the hall monitors. Lucy said, run, Antonio cried. The floor swayed and shifted as their friends barreled down the hall. Sam glanced upward. The shrinking hallway had knocked all the water sprinklers loose. Ice cold water gushed down. The floor was soaking wet. Their friends leaned forward and ran harder, but the door seemed to be getting further and further away. The hall was lengthening. Ah! The, the, 
The hall, yes, she did. The hallway shrieked as the walls closed in around them. Sam's heart raced. We're going to be crushed. Chapter 10, Let It Slide. Just minutes earlier, the hallway had been a normal, wi- normal and wide, but now it was much skinnier and shrinking. Oh, that's funny. Let it go. No, let it slide. If we're crushed by the hallway, I'll never get to show off my cool kickball showdown sliding skills, Antonio cried as they ran. Sploosh, splash. Sam noticed that the sneakers splashed, splish splashing in the rinse, in the rinse, rising water. Antonio, you just gave me an idea, he said with a, Sam said with a smile. We'll slide out of here. The sprinklers did sort of turn the hallway into a water slide, Lucy exclaimed. Sam glanced back at the wall. Walls were squeezing shut behind them. I'll lead the way, Antonio said. He drove forward and splashed down the floor. Sam and Lucy did the same. Vazoom! The three friends zipped down the hall, water rushing and splashing in Sam's face. He held his breath so that he wouldn't get water up his nose. Breath so he wouldn't get water up his nose. Sam felt Lucy and Antonio squish against him as they slid down the hallway. Look how tiny it is. It's like the size of the three kids all next to each other. It is. Yeah. This hallway's crushing us, Sam cried, and it's getting smaller, Lucy yelled. The walls were closing in, and Sam could hear Ori Erson. Oh my god, Orson Erie. He could hear the school. I bet the school, I bet that was the school's heart. It beat harder and harder as the friends zoomed towards the double doors at the end of the hall. Orson Erie was, Orson Erie's cry was deafening as they sped down the hall. They, the walls were so tight it felt like Orson was, sh- was shrieking in their ears. We're almost there, Antonio cried. Sam lifted his head, squinting to the spray of water. He saw the double doors. His friends were going to crash right into them. Howl. They slid towards the doors at top speed. Brace for impact, Sam shouted, and he threw his hands over his head. Chapter 11. Storming Mad. The double doors burst open. Sam and Lucy and Antonio. Ooh, I smell. Campfire. Somebody's burning a fire. Oh, that smells yummy. Okay. The double doors burst open. Sam, Lucy, and Antonio tumbled out onto the stone steps. It took a moment to catch his breath. Then he asked, Is everyone okay? Antonio asked. I'm awesome. Nailed that slide. Sam grinned as he stood as he was so he was soaking wet, but he didn't care. They were finally outside. Fourth inning. There's only one inning left, Lucy said. The game is almost over. Sam peered around the corner of the school. He saw the kickball field and the crowd on the bleachers. We need to get over there, said Sam. We also need to stay out of sight, Antonio added. All of a sudden, there was a loud whoomp. One of their classmates had kicked the ball, kicked a home run. The crowd cheered and watched the ball fly through the air. Now run, Sam said. There's no one looking. Their friends sped towards the field and then they ducked and ran beneath the bleachers. They peered through the metal planks. They could see the action. They could see the action on the field, but no one could see them. Antonio gasped. Look, I think Orson's doing stuff. Sam and Lucy saw it too. There was a player standing on first base, but the base suddenly moved on its own. The player slipped. Now the pitcher's mouth mound trembled. Antonio started towards the field, but Sam stopped him. Wait, what if Orson is doing small things to get us out on the field, like a trap? Antonio asked. Right, said Lucy. If we run out there, everybody's going to see us. Principal Winnick will be totally, Winnick will totally bust us. We'll never get our jobs back. Antonio clenched his fists. So we wait. The big attack must still be coming. As Antonio said that, a gust of wind blew from across the field. Grass swirled. The backstop rattled in a soft, soft brown dirt of base of the base paths was lifted into the air at second base 
The player's cap was plucked from her head. Dust storm, someone cried out. Sam looked up. He saw a dark cloud of gathering over the field, a dark cloud gathering over the field, but Sam knew the truth. That wasn't an ordinary death storm. Bless you. Thank you. That was the work of Orson Erie. Chapter 12, Play Ball. The strange dust storm grew bigger. More and more dirt whirled up and spun in the air. A kickball was stuck into the storm. Teacher wiped their eyes and students spit out the dirt. This is crazy, Sam cried from beneath the bleachers. We need to do something, Lucy shouted over the wind. Just then, Mr. Nakobe bounded into the field. Principal Winnick, you must call off the game, he shouted. Yes, Principal Winnick yelled as he shielded himself from the storm. Teachers, please lead your students inside. Dirt pounded the metal backstop like thundering rain. It sw- the swirling dirt made it difficult for the teachers to collect their students. From his hiding place, Sam watched the kids around him. He squinted as Mr. Nakobe led the parade of teachers and students off the field and into the school. Phew, said Lucy. It looks like everyone made it inside. Whap, whap, whap. Yeah. The wind beat across the field. The storm settled high above the pitcher's mound. Help, a voice shouted in the wind. But here's the thing. If they're in the classroom, in the school, that doesn't mean they're safe. So, like, why are they like, oh, phew, they made it to the school. Right? I don't get it. Sam saw that one student was still in the field. A kindergartner named Ollie. How sad. The dirt was whipping around Ollie, and sh- and he shielded his eyes. The boy couldn't see Sam and his couldn't see Sam and his friends. Oh no! Sam said Ollie was left behind. Lucy rushed out from the bleachers and sprinted to the field. Antonio and Sam raced after her, but the I know. But the instant the friends set foot on the field, the storm began to zigzag towards them. Ow! Antonio cried. Dirt is pelting my face. It stings," said Lucy. "We need to cover our faces." Then Sam looked down at his sash. He paused and then quickly took it off and tore it into three pieces. What Here, his, he stole his sash back from the principal's. <gasps> yep. Here, use these like bandanas, Sam yelled as he tied the sash over his nose and mouth. The storm was so thick that they couldn't see, but the swirling dust calmed for a moment and they saw Ollie was gone. Where did Ollie go, Antonio shouted. Sam looked around. He must have been scooped up by Orson's dust storm. We need to find him. He, it's not going to be easy, Lucy said as she pointed out at the field. Thick clouds of dirt and dust were rolling and settling over the field. Sam could no longer see the school. Then something small and dark appeared that had existed in the clouds and was coming towards Sam and his friends. The kickball. Ever so slowly, it rolled towards them. Sam held his breath. The kickball should have been terrifying, and it was. Oh, kickball should not be have been terrifying, but it was. It was terrifying because it rolled. It changed, and it was growling and changing into something horrible. The rubber surface spread and became thin with hollow black eyes, and it flashed as it spun, and a dark mouth appeared. Chapter 13, Dugout Dinner. The gigantic monstrous kickball slowly rolled to a stop. It towered over Sam and his friends. They took a step back. The ball, Antonio stammered. It's, it's, it's a giant head with a face. A chill ran down Sam's spine. It's the face of Orson Erie. How come nobody else can ever see anything happening? I know, right? That's frustrating. How come somebody's never, like, oh, well, I forgot my jet. I know. That's what I'm saying. Help, a voice. Yeah. Help, a voice called 
a voice called from the cloud of dust. It was Ollie. He was caught in the spinning winds. We have to save him, Lucy shouted. Come on, the teacher would miss Ollie. I know. Why Ollie? I know. He Why should have done a head count. How, Antonio asked. Sam knew the answer. We need to defeat Orson Erie. Crunch, crunch. The monstrous ball began rolling forward again. Run, Sam cried. The ground shook and the enormous ball picked up speed and chased after them. We might be safe in the dugout, Lucy shouted and ran that way. Sam and Antonio raced after. I mean, okay. Mm. How's the ball rolling, but it's not his face. It's like the ball's skidding. Okay, that's fine. A lot of plot holes in this book. Okay, ready? Go. Sam nearly tripped onto something. Looking back, he saw the air pump that he had left behind from the previous morning. The ball rolled over and the pump was... it. Uh, ball rolled over the pump and it was gone. Pump, Sam thought. The ball ate it. Sam could feel the ball nipping at his feet. Any second, Worsen would swallow him and his friends. Lucy slid into the dugout. Sam and Antonio jumped in after her. Crash! The ball slammed into the dugout's roof. The space between the roof and the dugout was too narrow for the ball to pass through. The monstrous kickball was just inches from their face. They felt Orson Erie's hot breath. The monster was huge and horrible. It chomped and gnawed at the wooden roof. Sam peered into the darkness of, the, of, the, of its mouth. He saw the air pump. It was broken in two. Orson ate the air pump and chomped it in two, Sam cried. It's like we're next. Oh, it looks like we're next. Chapter 14, A Bite to Eat. Orson, the Orson Erie kickball chomped and chewed the dugout roof. Then, clonk, 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 there was a tremendous clattering on Sam's feet. The swirling winds had knocked over a bag of wooden baseball bats. One splintered bat, but one splintered bat tore a hole in the bag. Lucy exclaimed, that's it. I have a home run of a plan. Grab those bats. We're going to deflate that, mo- deflate that monster ball. Yes, and cried Antonio. Grab those bats. We're going to deflate the monster ball. I love a good Orson beating plan. The friends scooped up as many bats as they could carry, and they ran over to the field. Raw! The monstrous ball roared. It spun around and chased Sam, Lucy, and Antonio. What's the plan? Sam cried. This, Lucy shouted as she tossed a bat over her shoulder. It hit the grass. Sam glanced behind them. Orson Erie chomped the ground as he sped after them, and the bat flew into its mouth along with dirt and grass. The ball's fangs chew. Wooden bits flew. I get it, said Sam. Orson will swallow the bat and chomp until sp- and them into sharp splinters. They'll shred him up from the inside out, Antonio said. Sam, Lucy, and Antonio raced across the infield. Every few steps, they tossed another bat behind him behind them. Sam heard the bats being gobbled up. The first part of the plan was working. But then, oh no, Antonio exclaimed, there's nowhere else to run. Dirt kicked up as Sam slid to a stop. The huge metal backstop directly ahead of them. It was terrifying that the kickball was hurtling towards them. They were trapped. Sam looked at his friends. They still had two bats. We need Orson to swallow more bats, Sam yelled. Throw your bats now. They did. They did. They scattered the bats. The scattered bats blocked the kickball, kickball's path to Lucy, Sam, and Antonio. The monstrous ball rolled to a stop. Bits of wood fell from its teeth. Sam gulped. Why did Orson stop? We need him to eat those bats, Anthony, An- Antonio whispered. There aren't enough giant splinters yet. 
We need to make Orson come towards us, Lucy said. Sam narrowed his eyes. Don't worry, he growled. He, oh, don't worry, he growled. I'll get him to come closer. Sam rattled the metal backstop and shouted, Hey, Orson Erie, you see these hall monitor sashes on, on our faces? We are still hall monitors and we will never stop fighting you. Rawr! The monster kicked... The monster's kickball turned red with anger. It rolled toward them like an unstoppable boulder. The bats disappeared. The ground quaked and the backstop shook. The ball kept rolling forward, but it was going to swallow the hall monitors next. But then... Whoosh! A loud hissing sound. And another. And another. It's working, Sam exclaimed. The splinters of wood broke through the ball's surface. Air rushed from dozens of holes from the creaky, creepy kickball. The broken bats are shredding the ball, Antonio said, and the monster's strange eyes were wide. Ah! The ball howled and whirled and spun. Orson Erie was deflating and shrinking. The dust storm began swirling and more and more, and more slowly. Soon the dirt fell to the ground and the dark dust cloud was gone. But now the kindergartner was falling. Help! Ollie cried. Poor kid. Chapter 15 bubblegum cleanup crew. Antonio raced across the field. I've got him, he shouted as he caught Ollie in his outstretched arms. Nice catch, Antonio, Lucy said, just like a chasing pop-ups in the outfield, he replied, setting Ollie to his feet. Sam eyed the kickball. It was back to normal size, but it was torn and deflated. Bits of chewed up bat lay on the ground beside him. Are you okay? Asked Antonio asked Ollie. Yes, said the kindergartner. What happened? Where did all that dust come from? I didn't see anything. I couldn't see anything. Sam and his friends were sure, weren't sure how to respond, but they didn't have to. There they are, Mrs. Grinker shouted, and she ran towards the field. Mr. Nakobe and Principal Winnick sped after them. Our teachers and students gathered on the steps to watch. Tam, Sam tore off the piece of hall monitor sash and shoved it into his pocket. Antonio and Lucy did the same. We did not, we did a head count, Principal Winnick said, and he panted as he wiped the sweat from his forehead. We realized that there were four of you missing. We're safe, said Sam, and he turned to Mrs. Grinker. I'm sorry we left our classroom, but we heard Ollie crying for help, Lucy added. And we could never really abandon our hall monitor duties, so we had to help, Antonio said. Sam winked at his friends. Mr. Nakobe stepped forward. I believe our hall monitors have saved the day. I agree, Principal Winnick said. In fact, I think they deserve their jobs back. What do you think, Mrs. Grinker? Mrs. Grinker looked at Sam, Lucy, and Antonio, one after the other. At last, she grumbled. Yes, I agree. They were brave. Great, Principal Winnick replied. They are fully reinstated as hall monitors. But you still need to clean up the bubble gum in my room, said Mrs. Grinker. Then she and the principal led Ollie to the school. Sam, Lucy, and Antonio looked up at Mr. Nicobe. Um, one question, said Antonio. How do we scrub, like, four tons of bubblegum off of the classroom wall? Mr. Nakobe grinned. We'll figure it out together. Sam smiled as he and his friends marched back inside Erie Elementary. The school was, was terrible and terrifying, but they were hall monitors again, and Sam knew that that meant that they would be called on to, a battle, to battle Erie Elementary once more. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know. I feel like these books are very boyish. Mom. I do. I just feel like they're not girly enough. And this is more of like a girl podcast. I don't know. We are s- being mean to the boys now. On this I, don't, I don't know how many boys we have listening. Exactly. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I bet you 
that once we switch to Judy Moody, things are going to be better. That's all I'm saying. Okay, well, we said that we would do the whole series. We've got two left. I'm trying not to make it multiple episodes, so it's just one book per episode. And then, then, we switch to Judy Moody. And then after Judy Moody, maybe we'll do a rolled doll book. No, we're doing Judy Moody and then Amelia Gadelia. You don't want to do one rolled doll before we do all of the books? Because once we start the series, we have to do all of them. I think we should do BFG, Big Friendly Giant. Or Matilda. Or both. I don't know. We'll have to see. And what do you guys think about Harry Potter? Do you think that's like too old for you guys? I think James and the Giant Peach we, Peach we should do. Oh, James and the Giant Peach. That's a great one. Okay, well, we'll see. After this series, we're going to do a Roll Dolls book. Then we'll do Judy Moody. And then we'll do... That's okay. Then we'll do another roll doll. Roll doll. And then we'll do Amelia Bedelia. How about that? Yeah. Good. Okay. Two more eerie elementary guys.